Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno. Today, I am joined by Tanji. I'm so excited to introduce Tanji to the audience because she's going to be working with me as a co-host on some episodes of this podcast. And yeah, just an amazing spiritual connection. Uh, We met probably a couple of months ago, and it just felt so divine, and the energy was so synced, and so I'm so excited that you're willing to come on and collaborate with me on this project, and so we're going to talk about all mystical experiences, spiritual experiences. Angie definitely has a lot of stories to tell, so I want to pass it over to you and allow you to share with, uh, with our audience some of your spiritual experiences. I do. I do. Heaven. Hi, everybody. Can I tell you first, I have to say I had an experience this morning. I have to tell you about that. I was my mother passed seven years ago, February 2nd, and she's always around me. But this morning we have a lot of stories to talk about with her. But this morning I was asleep. And before I opened my eyes, I knew she was with me. I can feel her right now, as a matter of fact. I felt her. And I remember I started talking to her. And then in my mind, I said, mother, this is the way I need to talk to you because she's come in dreams before, but I've never felt her like this. And it was like we were chatting and I was thanking her for different things when I know she's been around. And it was a full-fledged conversation and my heart just felt so full. It was, it was amazing. So I have to start with that. I was sitting here thinking today I could have a podcast saying, thank you, mother. Hi, mother. But the story that I want to share with you today is my, my childbirth story. So when I got, I always knew that I was going to have children, but once I got in my thirties, it like washed over me that now it's it's time. And I wasn't dating anybody. And I was attending a church called Understanding Principles for Better Living that, that does the metaphysical interpretation of everything. So it's very inclusive of everybody. And she used to say, just ask God for your king. And so I used to pray for my king, you know, God, please bring me my king, prepare him for me. I know he's somewhere scared, just like I am. I go to this fight party and he walks in (laughs) and I see this man so handsome. And I'm like, is he yours? Is he yours? Nobody claimed him. I fixed up my lipstick, tucked in my little outfit, went out, walked past him. And he was sitting on the ground and he said, Tangie. And I said, how did this man know my name? Come to find out we had done a commercial audition together years ago. So we start dating, but he doesn't want children. So we have this love affair. It's been a year now. I'm still like, I got to have babies. He's like, no, but he won't go away. So I started walking through the house and I would talk to the babies and I would say, go to your father. Let him know it's going to be okay. I can tell he's just nervous. He's asleep and he wakes up and he said, I had a dream. And it was our daughter. She was looking at me with your eyes and she was saying, you will not deny me. And I'm going to name her Pebbles. And I was like, inside, I'm like, but on the outside, I'm like, Pebbles, you can't name the child Pebbles. What's she going to be? A stripper or something. He said, I'm naming her Pebbles. 
So secretly, I'm like, yes. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then a week later, I had a dream. And in my dream, I was leaving the hospital and I was stealing a baby boy. He had on a shirt with no bottoms and he was just crawling all over me. And I could tell he loved me so much. And there were people that were guarding the babies, but they didn't stop us because we looked like we belonged together. So I took my son out and it was a bright sunny day and I couldn't find the car. So I turned back around to bring my son back in. And this little boy, the door said to him, he said, yo, man, what you doing back? And my son said, she'll be back to get me later. We couldn't find the car. And, you know, in dreams, the car represents your body. So I woke up and I was like, I'm going to have a baby boy. When I got pregnant, I knew it was my girl because she came first. And I never saw her. Granted, when I was pregnant, I would get glimpses like I could like feel her little spirit run by. But I never she never came to me in a dream or anything like that. But she came to him and he was still like, you know, we don't have to do this. We good looking. Around there. I'm like, I'm having my baby. Long story short, on on January 4th, I went out to eat with my girlfriend and I was I had a lot of pain each trimester with my baby from my my belly stretching and they didn't know why. And my midwife took me to a high risk doctor and he said, Tenji, if you have any pain, you call me. You don't wait until the weekend or a holiday. You call me right then. The pain that I had before I met him on the scale from one to 10 was like 150. This pain now was like an eight. Now, looking back, I know an eight is a lot of pain, but back then I was like, it's not 150. So I was having pain. I was out with my girlfriend and I touched my belly and I said, mommy loves you so much, but I sure will be glad when you get here because you are hurting mommy. And I think she was listening because the next day, January 5th, that night, that night, um, I go home and, and he's in there making a song and I'm under the covers talking to the baby, teaching her how to pray. Because in my mind, I said, I didn't want her to just say prayers and not know it. So I was teaching her what everything means to me. And that next morning I woke up, she felt really heavy. I went to the bathroom. I was going to run some water to soak and my water broke. And um, I called the midwife, kicking, screaming, and hollering. And she had us go to the doctor. We go to the high-risk doctor. And he asked me, did I want an epidural? And I said, no, because I wanted my baby to be okay. I was, I was five months in one day. And, um, and I remember the nurse that was there. She was pregnant. Her belly was in my, my face. And I blessed her, ba- her belly. I remember playing over her belly. Anyway, so they rushed us to the hospital and um, the midwife sent someone over. And three hours later, I gave birth to my baby girl. She was she was stillborn and she was breech. She had stuck her little foot out. She was like, I'm coming out. And that process was interesting because. Um, I've always been one very connected to my angels. And so I automatically went into thanks. Thank you, God, for this. But then I started going crazy. Well, I can't say going crazy. I started to leave my body and I started saying nursery rhymes and I just couldn't stop. And the midwife brought me back. And, you know, when you want to center yourself, it's good to. She said, Tangie, do you see the wall? Yes, I see the wall. Uh, what color is the wall? It's great. Tangie, do you see the trash can? Yes, I see the trash She took me through all of that. 
And after that, because God and I had always had such a personal relationship, I was so confused. I was like, how are you going to take my baby? Because, you know, this is me. This is, I mean, I do good things when nobody's looking. Why would you take my baby? And people would say, don't ask. We don't ask God why. We're not supposed to know these things. But I kept asking because otherwise, what did I have? So I ask and I ask and I ask and I ask and I ask. And it took six months. And I was standing in my green room. And the answer just washed over me. I, and I heard it say, she did what you asked her to do. She just didn't do it the way you thought she would. She made her father want babies. And when I got that baby, <gasps> I could breathe again. And I didn't even know I had stopped breathing. And then I saw the darkness. It started, you know, my whole body was dark and it started at my toes and it came up, 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 up my body until <gasps> I was back. And once I came back, I was, I was tangy again. I was happy again. I could remember the dream of my son. Is, I'm going to have a baby boy. And then this is the main reason that I shared this story. I heard that my baby girl had experienced many tough lives, but this time she chose to come so that she could experience love in the womb. And for that, she chose me. And the doctor says that she prepared my body for childbirth because I get really big. Because after that, I said, oh, I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to help God. I'm going to help like you need my help. So I went to um, um, doctor after doctor and they didn't know why. And then finally I got to this fibroid specialist and he said, you have a fibroid the size of a 13 week pregnancy. If you get pregnant again, the same thing will happen. But if you take it out then there'll be scar tissue and you won't be able to have a baby. But he said, if you believe that God is with you, go for it. And I was like, oh, God is with me. And I got pregnant again. I had my son in a birthing center. I had my daughter. Oh, but check this out, though. Before, before I had my daughter, I, I was having back problems. And I went to this chiropractor. And he said, are you pregnant? And I said, no, I'm not pregnant. He said, my my." children's father he said she might be because you know we gonna have some babies now he's excited come to find out I was pregnant this was between the kids and that same voice came to me and it started saying that this baby's not gonna gonna stay it's a girl child she's a happy spirit but she's not supposed to be here right now and I wasn't ready to get pregnant because I had gotten down to a size two I was feeling all cute so um, 13, 13 weeks, same thing, same bathroom. Out she came and I held up her little sack. I took a pen, picked it up. And I said, if you're a jokester, you'll come back in June. And my son was born March the 18th. My daughter was born. I mean, my son was born March the 18th. His dad, March the 8th. My daughter was born June the 9th. I was born June the 4th. So we got two June and two March. And I tell people that story because Everything that happens in this life is so much bigger than what we know, accept, or believe. 
And so many people think that when they've had miscarriages or stillbirths, that God is punishing them. And I know, A, I've had people come visit me after they've passed. You know better than I do because you've had a near-death experience, but the feeling that I get from them when I'm in their presence, it's like mind-boggling. It's like, it's like love. It's like the, the best way. I can explain it and, and yo, forgive me, we all grown. It's like an orgasm a thousand times over. It's just like immense pleasure. And so, you know, whether I, I tell people, whether your baby girl is with you for six, seven, eight, nine months in the womb or a hundred years out the womb, that is a lifetime. And if you were blessed to carry a child that was was stillborn or have a miscarriage. You were chosen for that. It's a it's a gift to be able to carry a soul that's not gonna stay, you know. So um, so that's just one of my stories. I got others. <laughs> I love that thing. That story makes me so emotional because it's amazing to me to have somebody be able to testify to such a transformative experience. And come from a spiritual place. You know, yes. uh, for me, in my experience, I know that it. I, I've experienced such huge pockets of victimizing myself. Oh, this uh, has happened to me. Never seeing that things were happening for me. For you, yes. Right. And I yes. just love. And I, so I want to ask a couple of questions. Some stuff came up when, when you were sharing. Have you always been spiritually inclined? Yes. Yes. And that's why that situation was so tough for me because it's, it, life has just been easy. Cause I'm like, you know, it, it just, I just flow. And, but the, the thing is I have been speaking to people about how they can find the good in their situation, how they can have peace in the midst of the storm, but I had never had a real storm. So it was actually a gift to me to have this because it gave me an opportunity to see that what I know that I know that I know that I know is true, you know, but yes, I always have. And, and we were, I grew up Pentecostal, which is a very strict religion, but my mother allowed me to experience God for myself. And most importantly, she allowed me to listen to that still small voice inside. She would say, Tangie, you can do what you want to, but if I were you. And so that gave me an even greater opportunity for me to get familiar with that voice. So yes, I have always been spiritual. That's all that I've ever known that I have, all the rest of the stuff, you know, it, and then like sometimes I would talk to people and it felt like it wasn't coming from me. So now it's like, y'all going to take my baby? What? So yes, I have always, 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 always. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Another thing that you shared that I, I don't think I've heard you share before is that you were teaching the baby to pray. And so I'm curious if maybe you can share about how you pray or what you were teaching. Oh, that particular time, it was the Lord's prayer, but 
I pray a lot of different ways for, for me, for that, um, a few to go into some of it, it was like under the covers. I said, well, um, I said, I say our father and I said, baby girl, when I say our father, I don't just mean the father, the, the God that we, that I grew up with Pentecostal. I mean, all of them. And, and I tell her, when I went to college, I studied the history of religion. And when I found how religion was taken from so many other religions, I said, Jesus, I love you, but I'm not going to go to church for a while. No rules, no religion, none of that. You're going to have to speak directly to me because I want a personal relationship. And I even remember, well, I didn't tell her this, but I even remember I did a film one time and we did publicity in New York and the publicist took me to this beautiful church. It was so big. And there were, um, there were pictures on the walls of people people that I didn't know. And there were candles all around and people were lighting candles and kneeling. I, little girl from Fayetteville, North Carolina, had never seen anything like this before in my life. And when I went in there, but I could feel the spirit. And I was like, God, how can I say that all these people are wrong just so that I can be right? And if God is truly, one thing that they taught was he's omnipotent, omniscient, omniscient, you know? If God is truly everywhere evenly present, then there can be nowhere that he is not. So when I was under the cover, I was teaching her our father. And then I said, who art in heaven? And I, I told her heaven is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is, is in your mind. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter where you are, you can have heaven right here, right now. It's all in the way that you think. Um, our Father who art, hallowed be thy name. I said, whole, perfect, and, and complete. That's what God is. That kingdom come. We want what God's will is for us. And it's always absolute good. Even if you feel like something bad is happening right now, look for the good because we have power. And if you look for the good, you'll find it. Um, who art in him, hallowed be thy name. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, and then I even talk about how how heaven is here. But when we pass, we we leave this body. The soul leaves the body. The body dies. The soul lives forever. And then we're one with that energy. And it's beautiful. And we can have that good here and then leave us not. I told her I never say lead us not. I always say leave us not into temptation because God would never lead us anywhere where he didn't want us to be. And so I go on and on and on and on telling her the Lord's prayer. But when I pray, I, I, I like to visualize it. I see it. You know, I, I, I use all of my senses to see it. So I love that. Wow. That's so beautiful. Thank you for breaking that down the way that you interpret all of that. I think that it's so valuable for us to share about the way that we perceive things, you know, because for me, you just filled in some gaps for me. And I really appreciate that. Oh, I'm curious if maybe there's another mystical experience, spiritual experience that you want to share about. Ooh. Here's another mystical. This is, <laughs> this is um, all my life. Um, psychics and spiritual people 
find me. And um, one thing that they have constantly said is, Tangi, you need to be grounded. You need to be grounded. And early on, you know, in my teens and my 20s, oh, what are you talking about grounded? My 30s, grounded. What do you mean grounded? I, I just I just didn't understand. I'm on the ground. And then um, in my 40s, I started trying different things where I would visualize an anchor deep, deep, deep into the earth. And it was anchoring. I'd float right out of that. And um, what they would say is everything was, you know, how I said it was all easy for me. They said it was all easy because I kept jumping out my body. They said, you got to stay in. You have to stay in so that you can experience everything you're supposed to experience as a human. And um, one lady even told me that um, that she said she saw me as like this little fairy. And I was when I was coming in, I said, I want to which I could see, but she's tangent grounded. And so um, over the COVID, when we were all home, my kids bought me some skates because I've been trying to get grounded. They bought me some skates. Oh, I have another one. Oh, but I'll tell you this one because this one, they bought me some skates and, um, and I was helping my daughter do an assignment wearing the skates in the house. Quite a few times I almost fell. She said, mommy, take them off. No, I'm good because I don't get hurt. I, you know, that stuff doesn't happen to me. So I'm um, all through the house, almost falling, didn't fall. Got this big rock. I step outside and I almost fall and I grab myself on the door, right? Do you think I took them off now? Mm -mm. Nope. I walked outside and now I'm on the porch. And as I start to step off the porch, I start to fall. And Betty, time stops. And then it starts going in slow motion. And as it's going, I see me falling back. And I see my head hit the ground. Boom. And I see blood just splash all over the place. And I see my kids come out running and see me. I saw all of that in like this amount of time it had to be it seemed like like that and i had time to tuck myself and then i fell and then boom and then i hit you know my tailbone first instead of my head and i was hurt for a while you know i couldn't turn i couldn't look up or any of that stuff and it wasn't until i was sitting in the doctor's office the third time after I had gone to the chiropractor and then going back to him and told him, can you fix me back the way I was when I got here? You know, um, I was sitting in there and I realized I'm grounded in my body. And then a lot of things started to change in my life. It's like everything that happens is for the good. You know, I could just be like, oh, Oh, I was hurt. Oh, oh, I was hurt. And here's another one. Do I have time to give you one more story? One more story. So um, I told you that people come to me when they pass, right? Uh, they'll Sometimes they're in the dream and I dream about them. But sometimes 
they're in the dream on their own. You know what I mean? I'm not dreaming. They're in there talking to me and I can see them. And, and I have a lot from my mother where she's been guiding me along the way. But um, my auntie passed. And when my aunt passed, she came to see all the cousins. Everybody was waking up saying, I just saw Dare. I just saw Dare. I just saw Dare. And and I saw her. She had on the blue dress and she had a little curl in her hair and a little hat and her glasses with a little belt around the waist. I can see as clear as day right now. But this particular time, I wasn't asleep and I wasn't awake. It was almost like it was this morning, not quite when my mother came to me and 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 I was sitting at a table and I was playing cards in my my aunt's house in the in the vision I was playing cards with my daddy's people my daddy's people were very spiritual too but they played cards and they drank and they had a good time my people my mother's people they um they only listened to gospel music and you know gloves and all of that stuff. Had a good time. Oh, you know. But anyway, so I'm playing cards with my daddy's people. And the doorbell rings. There's a knock at the door and the phone rings. And I get up to answer the phone and there's a door here and that door opens and all these flowers start coming in. Roses, daisies, lilies, sunflowers, daffodils. I mean, just coming and coming. And I'm on the phone and I'm seeing all these flowers. And I'm like, why are all these flowers coming in here? This is not, it's not my birthday. And then I turn to this door because it opens and there's a platter. And the platter wasn't gold. It wasn't silver but it was a rich, beautiful color that I had never seen before. A color that is literally out of this world. And on the platter was a branch with some stems sticking out from it. No leaves. I was like, and I could tell it was being presented to me like a gift, right? And then I looked at that door and there was my aunt and there was my uncle her husband, Uncle Sonny. And in real life, my Aunt Dear was a little heavy. But here, she was like a Marilyn Monroe size 10. And she used to wear her hair in the curl, but here it was pressed straight. And it was all twisted up in those like 1940s updos. You know, and if she was alive today, she'd probably be 100. Yeah maybe 102, but it was twisted up and out little updos. And I could see her cheekbones and her chin and her skin looked beautiful. And she was smiling. And she had on this long white dress and the dress had the most beautiful embroidery I have ever seen in my life. It was, it was magnificent. And my uncle Sonny, he had on a suit and in real life, he was an alcoholic. And he was real skinny. But here, she was a preacher. He was an alcoholic. Here, I love you, dear. I love you too, Uncle Sonny. Um, here, he was thick. 
And he had on a, a suit, a white suit, and it had that same beautiful embroidery. And he was smiling. And the feeling felt so good. I wanted to get up and call my mother or my auntie and say, so they could feel what I was feeling. But my aunt dear never opened her mouth. But I heard her say, if you get up, baby, I'll have to go. So I laid there, laid there, balled up on the floor because it felt so good I couldn't move. And that's when I learned that extreme happiness and extreme sadness was both paralyzing. But I laid there, laid there on the floor, balled up. And then, oh, and look at this. They were both brown. And they had on all white. And they had white embroidery. And they were shining. I, did, I don't remember any wings, but they were glowing and I could see straight through them. All those different dimensions, I could see all of that. And then my aunt dear kicked up her leg. And when she kicked up her leg, Betty, I saw that she didn't have on a dress. She had on pants. My aunt never wore pants. Never. The least that I had ever seen her in was a bra, panties, girdles, stockings, slip. She had on pants. And what I heard in my mind when she kicked up her leg was, God ain't tripping. This was right when I met my children's father. And to me, it was such a message because what I got was, you enjoy your life, baby girl, because all of the things that we were worried about, God doesn't care about those things. That's what I got. But the branch with no leaves, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And my eventually, years went by, and my children's father and I broke up. I booked a job working in New Mexico. I fly my mother and the kids in. Me and my son and my daughter taking a picture. Jesus, Jesus. My son is holding something in my face. I'm like, baby, no, you don't want to block mommy's face when we're taking a picture. <laughs> and then I look down at what he's holding. Branch, the branch with no leaves. And what I got to, from that was I had a stillborn, but she was a gift. The branch with no leaves was on that beautiful. Hard times are a gift. That's what I got. That's the second message. But the flowers, Betty, the flowers, I didn't understand. The I had her maybe, uh, my son will be 18 next month. I had pebbles 19 years ago. 19. Still, all these years, I didn't understand the flowers until I've recently written a book. I haven't published it yet. And it's called Eternally Chosen. And it's for women who have had miscarriage and men too, because they're chosen as well. And so it, it takes a lot to write because I have to allow myself to go back to that place and experience everything. But I, I, I do because I believe it'll be healing. But one of those times when I was having a difficult time I was asleep and I had a dream that I was at my aunt's house and my kids were playing and my daughter was there and she was a teenager. So 
it was all three of them. I have a son and a daughter that are living and she was running around playing with them. And usually when I have a dream, that voice doesn't talk to me. I don't usually hear the voice, but in the dream, I heard the voice say, give her a hug. So I called her to me, said, come here, baby. I said, give me a hug. And I hugged her and she had on a little crop top and her stomach was out. And when I touched her stomach, I felt something. And I said, what is that? And she said, oh, just flowers. It's my birthmark and skipped off. I got sad first because I was like, how did I not know my baby had a birthmark of flowers? And then the voice said, it's okay. You didn't know she was taken away from you early. And then I woke up and I, I, it was a confirmation to me that the book is going to bless some people. That's the flowers. She was the flowers. So that was my my fool. And then even with my my aunt, you know, she used to always say, don't take no wood nickels because you can't spend them. And I was like, is she telling me I shouldn't be with my children's father? I said, but if she, because it was wood, I said, if she was trying to tell me that, she could have just given me wood nickels. But it's so all of it, the branch was the baby. Um, God ain't tripping was live your life. You know, because it in, in Pentecostal, you don't want to put color in your hair, no lipstick. You don't want to, you know, um, and then the flowers. So that's it. So so all of you, whenever you look at flowers, think about my baby girl. Let that be a reminder to you that whatever it is that you're experiencing will work out for your good. If you look for the good, because you know yourself, if you're looking for a car, Say you're looking for a Toyota Celica, you ride down the road and all you see are Toyota Celicas. If you're looking for a, a contemporary house, you ride down the road and that's all you see. It's the same way with our lives. If you're looking for the good, you'll find it. So when you see flowers, think about Tangi and pebbles. And let me tell you this, and this is the next thing. So my children, I let their father pick the names. He would pick them in and I could choose between them. So we already know he named Pebbles, Pebbles. My son's name is Rock and my daughter's name is Stone, right? So what God gave me, I understand sometimes that um, some people are not, um, don't really care for the Bible or the Quran or whatever it is that you have. And so when I talk to those people, I tell them, you pave the way with pebbles, you build the house with rocks, and you decorate it with stone. When I talk to people who are spiritual or religious, then I tell them, what God gave me, wait a minute. I tell them that just like in the story of David and Goliath, that little pebble broke through all that fear. And then on this rock, I build my church and all God's promises are written in stone. So that's my whole baby story. I might have to put that in the book. <laughs>
I love that. Wow. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing about your book and congratulations on exercising your creativity and creating something that I'm positive will be so healing for so many people. And um, I just want to ask about, I know that you have a, you have a podcast, you have an Instagram. I want you to maybe do a little, talk a little bit about that, about what you do with your life and how you get your message out there. Okay. So I have a podcast. I haven't started putting it out yet because I want to speak to people who have had near death experiences because during the, the pandemic, especially so many people were so afraid and when people would die, they'd be so sad. And I'm like, they better off than we are. They're good. Really? They're happy. They don't want you to be sad. And so I love speaking to people who have had near-death experience and, and, and I love hearing their journey and the, the transformations that their lives have taken and what was going on before versus one. I, I heard one man speaking. He had three. He said, the, I didn't get the message. You know, he, he heard it, but he didn't let his life change. So then the third time it had to be, oh, you know. And that's the thing. If you hear it, listen, because you, then you save yourself some time. But um, my 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 prayer is that I can introduce people to what is beyond the physical. And um, on my Instagram, for those who cannot see, I mean, see with your third eye, you will see me dancing and smiling and just, you know, not not having a good time. Um, But for those that can see, you will hear all sorts of messages on how you can live your life in a way where you have peace in the midst of your storm. And that's what I try to do with, with, with everything that I do. I just, I believe it can be good for all of us. And I want to help people get there, you know, without bombarding their lives. And on Instagram, um, you know, one-on-one when I talk to people, I can come with them where they are. But Instagram, it's 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 broad. It's broad. You might you might see me walking on water. <laughs> I love this. Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being who you are for coming to earth with your mission to uplift humanity. I truly feel it deep within me. Your story is so powerful and your energy is so vivacious. It's contagious. And I feel so blessed that you're willing to collaborate with me and to become part of this community. And I'm so grateful to introduce you to IONS. And yeah, I can't wait to start hosting episodes together and um, I'm so grateful for you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about our time together? Yes, I'll tell you this. I have this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful psychic who is um, a really dear friend. And when I was when when God wanted me to write that book, every time I would start writing, I would book a job and then stop. And I start writing, I book a show, then stop, start writing. So he blessed me by shutting down everything, like, like shutting it down. And so 
I would ask her, well, what are they, what do they want me to do? She said, Tangie, you, you, you need to, to, um, I don't know, do a podcast, write a book, find something that you love, that you care about, write it. I was like, well, I don't have nothing to write about. And then I, then I said, God, what do you want me to, you got to talk to me, tell me plain and clear. I went to go pick up my son from a rehearsal and the lady just, I was making a video and she just started talking and she said, and, and you have um, three children, right? Pebbles. And I said, no. And then I told her the childbirth story and she stopped and she said, Tenji, you should tell that story. And she went on about how I should tell it on stage. It was right after I said, God, tell me. And with the near death experiences, I just said, since I'm not working, you know, because I know everybody doesn't get it. I said, since it ain't working, I'm going to do what I want to do, do what's close to my heart. And then I asked my friend before I started doing the podcast, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it makes me happy. So, you know, because once, once, once you fall past zero, like when you're falling, it's scary. <laughs> but once you finally hit the ground, it's not scary anymore. Then it's freeing. It's like, what do I want to do out of all the things in the world? What do I want to talk about? And it's so interesting. Oh, and I tell you this. When I told my friends I wanted to talk about near-death experiences, they said, Tangie, but you're so light and that's so dark. That's because they don't understand. So, but guess what though, Betty? She told me, I said, so, so what's going to happen then? She said, once you start, God will take it and take you where you're supposed to be. So when you called me, I was like, God. I understand how excited I am to talk to everyone and listen to the stories. And, and I love, I told you, Brian Weiss, and listening to, 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 to those stories, like this is my world. And I'm so happy. And I and I do believe that um, we'll be able to to touch a lot of people, you know, and they'll be open because of how we are. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm covered in goosebumps. Totally beautiful. Thank you so much for coming and spending time with me today. And thank you again for sharing so vulnerably and authentically and and what for what you're doing for the collective, I truly see this, yeah, becoming such a beautiful oh. relationship. And I love, I love this story about just watching God work. And if you follow your joy, your joy will come and magnetize to you, you know? It's yes. Amazing. It's totally yes. amazing. So that we'll leave it there for today. And thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Be with Thank you. you. Bye.